The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max Smackdown Review. And we are live to tape on the W2M Network for the Wrestling to the Max Smackdown live review for January 9th, 2018. That makes three podcasts this year and no saying 2017. I'm on fire. Harry Broadhurst, I am your host. Joining me as per usual, my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi. Good evening, Liz. Hi, Harry. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm caught up in 90s cartoons because of our pre-show conversation. <laughs> I'm still Googling them. One of these days, what's going to end up happening is we're going to go to do a review, and we're just going to end up sitting here and talking 90s cartoons for an hour and a half, and frankly, no one will complain. We should do a review of 90s cartoons. Don't give Sean any ideas. He already has me <laughs> enough podcasts. <laughs> Sitting in tonight is our producer as well is Paul Leeser. Hey, Paul. I'm here and muted like three different ways, but what's up, guys? All right. I just wanted him to say hi because he's filling in for, for Sean tonight to make our lives a little bit easier. Although technically, by the time we got started, Sean would have been available. <laughs> well, yes, I, I was running late. It's OK. Shall we get started with tonight's episode of Smackdown Live? Yes, yes, you should. Okay, before we do so, let me quickly tell everybody that this Wrestling to the Max presentation of the SmackDown Live review is a presentation of the W2M Network, available online at www.w2mnet.com. Apparently, I'm told that I don't have to add the www to that. But if you put the www in front of it, it's okay. It'll still take you to the site. Don't worry. And with that, let's get started. All right, so our opening segment is a little bit different than your traditional SmackDown opening, and I actually kind of enjoyed that. We have an in-ring interview to start the show because, you know, most WWE shows these days do. But rather than having somebody come out and just stand there with a microphone in their hand for 10 or 15 minutes, we actually had this done in a sit-down interview fashion with Renee Young interviewing AJ Styles. I want to ask you first about your thoughts on the presentation before we talk about the actual um, the actual meat and potatoes of what actually was said during the course of the interview. I, mean, I liked it. At first, I was a little actually, but at first, I was a little surprised um, by it. But I guess that was a good thing. And you know, whenever they do something like that, you kind of figure, okay, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Kind of big is, is going to happen. All right. So Renee talks to AJ Styles about what happened last week on SmackDown Live. For those of you wondering, you can get more specifically in-depth thoughts on this by checking out last week's SmackDown Live review available on the W2M Network and your various podcast affiliates. Or you can go check out the show on the award-winning WWE Network in like three weeks-ish. You know, there's like a month away. Anywho. All right. So... 
AJ Styles made a statement at the end of last week's episode of SmackDown stating that for all of the battling that he's having to do with Sammy and Kevin at the same time, he might as well be facing them both at the same time, to which Daniel Bryan made a two-on-one handicap match for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Styles realizes tonight that that was a very rash statement to make, and he was very upset when he was saying it, and kind of, sarca- kind of sarcastic, but that's all folks. But Daniel Bryan took him seriously and made the match. He wishes that he didn't say what he said, but instead he's going to focus on getting the job done. That It is at that point when Sammy and Kevin make their way down to ringside and mock AJ for backtracking out of his statement from last week and then say that come the Royal Rumble, we will have the first ever co-WWE Universal Champions. Your thoughts on the content of both Styles' promo as well as Kevin and Sammy's before we talk about how this segment wrapped up? Um, I, mean, I, th- I thought it was really good. I thought they were all, you know, very much on, you know, tonight. I'm loving Sammy um, and his crazy jumping around. I think this whole plot line does the most actually for him than anyone else. Excuse me. There's just a certain level of Sammy douchebaggery that you didn't expect to see coming out in him, and he's able to play it off with such nonchalance. It's so fabulous. Like, he's always been portrayed as this super white meat baby this entire time he's been in the WWE, and here he is acting as this totally condescending dick, and he's pulling it off perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really is. Okay. So that brings down Shane McMahon to ringside, and Shane McMahon says that since Daniel... What was that? I said boo. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Completely threw me off track there. All right. Shane comes down to ringside and says that since Daniel Bryan made the two-on-one handicap match for the Royal Rumble, tonight we're going to have ourselves a handicap match of our own. At this point, everyone and their mother can see where this is heading, specifically being Styles, Shinsuke... And Randy, who apparently needs an S in his name somewhere, taking on the team of Sammy and Kevin. That will be our main event. That will be later on in the show. We'll talk about that match once we get there. Moving on. Coming backstage, Shane is met by Daniel Bryan, and Bryan rather condescendingly tells him that he made a hell of a main event, and they shake hands while staring at each other like a couple of teenagers. <laughs> A quick Becky Lynch promo before her match tells us that she's entering the Women's Rumble and is the last member of SmackDown to declare for said Women's Rumble, which is interesting because there is no way between Raw and SmackDown that they have 30 spots on this roster. They are going to have to rely on special entrance. I was trying to do the math on that before and I was coming up short, so I don't know where they're going to get these 30 from. Uh, NXT, and then a, probably a couple of comebacks. Kurt Angle, yeah. I, don't know if you caught, I don't know if you caught this during Raw last night, but before Angle was interrupted backstage, he was talking to somebody about making for an excellent surprise entrant in the Women's Rumble. Yeah, no, I caught it. I just, I have this fear that it's going to end up falling extremely flat. Well, everybody's expecting Trish or Lita. I don't think that's likely. I think we're much more likely to see somebody like Victoria or Molly. I think Lita will probably be on commentary for it since she's been doing a lot of that. Well, Beth is doing the mixed match challenge. Beth is doing 
That has to well, do with the Mix and Max challenge. Yes. Matt, now you screwed Mixed me up. Match challenge. Match MMC. challenge. Mickey Mouse Club. From um, that, we're just calling it MMC because apparently neither of us can say it cleanly. <laughs> but every time somebody says MNC, I start going M I C K M M O U S E. Yeah, I can see I can see Beth though coming back for the Rumble because wasn't she like one of the like a second woman or something to be in the Rumble? Uh she was. Unfortunately, the first woman to be in the Rumble will not be able to come back for this match. Yes, very true. So I can see Beth coming back for the Rumble and Lita doing commentary for it. And, and now I really want to see Karma make an appearance just because I want to see these women in the ring poop their collective pants. Oh, Karma versus Naya. Is Naya in the Rumble? She is, as of Raw. I pay attention. Okay, somebody needs to make that happen. All right, anywho, back to the match. <laughs> Becky Lynch and Ruby Riot goes to Becky Lynch via submission to the Disarmor at 8 minutes and 15 seconds. Um. Okay, so I know we've already beaten Ruby on television, so I guess I'm okay with her losing to Becky because I like Becky having the opportunity to look good here. Mm-hmm. But kind of like what Tony and Andrew and I talked about last night on the reaction, you can't, de- you can't debut these stables and then having them look like just another act three weeks into their run. So, you know, the, the abs. What's the ones on War Absolution? Yes, they they their gear and their look makes them look a lot more formidable, a lot more polished. The Riot Squad still looks like a group of younger sisters trying to chase after, you know, <laughs> their their older sisters. They still look too much of a mess in gear wise for me. Um, and I lost interest in the match after waiting for every freaking woman to go through their entrance. It was ridiculous. Yeah. What happened to teams, man? Why couldn't Becky, Charlotte and Naomi come out together? Oh, because then Charlotte wouldn't have gotten her individual entrance and Naomi wouldn't have been able to glow. That's why. Yeah. It, it, I was, I was done with it. That's horrible to say. Uh, by the time the you know, <laughs> excuse me. By the time the riot squad came out, it, the entrances took longer than the match. I mean, probably not, but it felt that way. It certainly would have felt that way. Um, are we going to wait until we do next week's episode of SmackDown to give our official Rumble prediction? Oh wait, no, we're still two weeks away. My mistake. Two weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are we going to do that on our go home SmackDown like we usually do? Yes. Okay. Because I was kind of going to ask if you were leaning any way or another, but I don't want to give anything away before we make our predictions in two weeks. So let's go ahead and just move on here. Uh, Sammy and Becky as a team in the Mixed Match Challenge. Okay. So I think everybody suspected that they were going to put the gingers together, even though one of them, I believe, is a fake ginger. But whatever, I like Becky. Um, She might not be. I don't know. She's ginger adjacent. Yeah. So (laughs) so stupid. (laughs) But... It's, I don't know, I have a hard time with it only because I've enjoyed their little vignettes of, you know, the people finding out who their um, partner is. But isn't everybody supposed to, like, hate Sammy now? You know? <laughs> so for me, it was a little, it was a little weird. But I like it. We'll, we'll see. I have no interest in the MMC at all. K-E-Y. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, but actually, their 
their um even though Sammy looked ridiculous, their little clip of you know finding out who your partner was, I think Becky was the most believable and be acting surprised. Well, not to mention, too, there's a lot of history between the two of them as well. They've been running the kind of the same roads over the years before they were both signed, too. So I'm not really surprised here. This team makes sense. It makes sense. The obvious looks factor, too. And as Sean will tell you himself, I am decidedly pro-Ginger currently, thanks to that glorious bastard Andy Dalton. I don't know who Andy Dalton is. It's a football reference. Don't worry. Okay, thank you. Moving on with SmackDown here, the Ascension and the Bludgeon Brothers, and the Ascension just got treated like they were Brazongo facing the Bludgeon Brothers. Jesus. It's yeah, I mean I get that I get that they're making the Bludgeon Brothers look nice and dominant, but they need to have a bigger match by now. It's how many weeks? What a month? You know, more than that, it was right after Survivor Series. Yeah, so it's more than that. They need a little bit more of an in-depth uh, match. And if they're so fabulous, why aren't they chasing after the Usos? Because Gable and Jordan, uh, because Gable and Benjamin still have a beef. Wow, that was Freudian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, don't worry, we'll discuss America's greatest tag team in a bit. Okay. I'm standing by that name. I don't care what it takes. That name is <laughs> over with me. All right, moving on. Uh, post-match, Connor tries to get in and check on Victor. And, well, it goes about as well for him as it did for Victor. I'm, agree- I'm going to agree with you to an extent. I do feel like it is time to move on. The problem is, is I don't know that there's anybody for them to move on with on the main roster without... Damaging the storyline that's currently in place for the Usos and the <clears throat> Gable and, and uh, Benjamin. I almost said Jordan again. Yeah, no, there, there really isn't. So other than them, you know. They already broke the up the hype, bros. Or they already broke up the hype, bros. We'll talk about them next. Rusev Day and Brizongo are facing off because they've already trained right through Brizongo. And Rusev Day are technically heels. And I say technically in the most air quote worthy of statements. Again, air quotes on an audio podcast, but my point being here is that there's really no one else left for them to feud with unless they're going to go into a feud with New Day, who was surprisingly absent from tonight's episode of SmackDown. Yeah, it was very surprising because Xavier was doing a lot of tweeting from, from backstage. They will be teaming up to team with Car- with Carmella. All three of them are, never mind, not, not making the joke. Nope, too easy. Moving on. Bobby Roode comes down to ringside to sit and watch the following quarterfinal contest for the U.S. title challenge as Mojo Rawley takes on Zack Ryder. And this was exactly what we thought it should be. Mojo looking dominant, putting Ryder on his ass with the running forearm shot. Yeah, it was there. It was probably the least, for me, least cared about match ever. I feel like I feel like Mojo needs a better finisher, though, if we're going to take him seriously. I think Mojo needs a bit of personality if they want people to take him seriously. Uh, have you seen any of his out of character prom- like any of his off camera promos that he's done for like his YouTube page or whatever? Yeah, he's fabulous. Maybe let like that Mojo shine through on an episode of SmackDown rather than forcing this whole "find your hustle, Zach, find your hustle" 
Where's yeah, your no. He needs he needs a bit of a gimmick makeover. Post-match, Rudin will have a face-off, and they will end up facing each other in two weeks to determine who's going to face Jinder Mahal at the Royal Rumble. <clears throat> They're really dragging this out, aren't they? Well, I mean, the Rumble's four hours. they got to fluff it somehow. Yeah, no, I mean, the whole tournament. It's like, oh, my God, get over with it. Tournaments equal money, Liz. Everybody yeah, loves the tournament. Well, yeah, we're so all right. So the aforementioned America's greatest tag team is up next, and they're out to complain about what happened with them last week here on SmackDown. Again, for more information, consult last week's SmackDown Live review. <laughs> they talk about the fact that, technically speaking, they had the Usos beaten, but then a referee came down to ringside and restarted the match. Correctly, granted, but not something you traditionally see in the WWE unless they're going somewhere with it, as is the case tonight. They proceed to call out the referee down to the ring and instead get SmackDown general manager Daniel Bryan. Bryan comes down and talks to them and says that by disrespecting the referees, they're disrespecting management. Because apparently now on this particular issue, management is getting along. <laughs> yeah, go manage! Really? 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 That was my reaction. Anywho. So Brian says that sometimes these things happen and that the referee's decision is final. Benjamin agrees that the referee's decision should be final since the referee's original decision was them counting down the shoulders of the Usos and Gable and Benjamin winning the tag titles. This ends up leading to the fact of I think it was Gable who said, what do we have to what do we have to do? Beat them twice in one night. And you see the little light bulb go off over Brian's head. And I think pretty much the majority of the IWC's head once he said twice in one night. And we officially make a two out of three falls match for the SmackDown tag titles that will be on the kickoff show for the Royal Rumble because screw you tag teams. <laughs> I mean, because reasons. Okay, before we discuss the uh, match, because I want to, I do want to kind of discuss that a little bit here, but we'll save predictions for when we do the go home SmackDown. Let's first talk about mm-hmm. the segment itself. What were your thoughts on this segment in particular? Um. I really enjoyed it. I thought Gable and Benjamin were great, especially Gable. I mean, Shelton's always great. I love Shelton. But Gable, like we said before, he's really coming into his own. He was The two of them were very, very entertaining together tonight. They really played off well off each other. I, I kind of feel like if it wasn't for Sammy that you could kind of give that whole condescending douche award to Gable instead. Yes, he was fabulous. Because he was so freaking vanilla in American Alpha, but now that he's teaming with Shelton instead, it's like he's found a whole new level of his personality. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that might have been to do with the fact that he has J- Benjamin to play off of now instead of Jordan as well. Because let's be honest, when it comes to charisma, I think Jason Jordan's got left under the tree. Yeah, Shelton definitely has, um, I think, too, being the veteran, Shelton is better... Um, geared to to get something else out of out of Gable, um, where Jason is just boring is whatever. But yeah, the two of them, they were really. I really the only time I rolled my eyes during it was with the whole um, have to beat them twice because you automatically knew where they, that was going, like you said. 
Uh, is it possible that having the presence of the veteran leadership of a guy like Benjamin around is helping elevate Gable? Yeah, that's um, what I was just trying to say, and I lost my train of thought. I definitely think that Gable's, like Gable Benjamin's experience and and just his personality, you know, they, it works well. I think he's able to kind of steer things better than Jordan would have been able to, or Gable alone. Your thoughts on the fact that it's a two out of three falls match for the Royal Rumble here. I feel like this is a mistake putting this match at the Rumble because it's going to get kind of lost in the shuffle with everything else that has to go down on this show. Um, I don't so much mind the, the two out of three falls. I mean, they're very gimmicky happy, these stipulation happy, you know, lately. Um, so that doesn't bother me so much. I think it has the potential, though. I mean, we've seen the Usos put on some amazing, you know, so, some really good matches you know, lately, I think it has the ability to definitely be a much talked about match. I'm just, I'm worried that they're going to get shorted for time because of how much else they have to fit into the rumble, even with the, uh, the four hour time frame plus the pre-show. Yeah, that's definitely a, that's definitely a concern. Hopefully they don't try to cram. Cause sometimes they do like what, like two matches on the pre-show. Hopefully it'll just be the only match and look at some, decent time so we'll have to see what happens with that there all right moving on we continue with smackdown here as a backstage segment with aj styles and randy orton talking to each other orton says that he plans on winning the rumble again this year because that's going to happen back-to-back years for randy when you have no direction whatsoever right now (laughs) sorry editorializing moving on when Shinsuke Nakamura shows up into the scene, two sweets the title, and then leaves saying good talk. Shinsuke just stole this segment despite only being in it for 30 seconds. Right? I, 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 I made the bold prediction sometime in December, and it might have been even closer to Survivor Series. I think Shinsuke wins the Rumble. I hope so. I think it's definitely needed for him to get him back or for the first time in the, in the spotlight in the, in the title hunt. Um, but I think they have a little, the, Oh God, I'm so sorry. The 10 seconds, you know, that he was in the, in the segments were, were perfect. I think is there still is a bit of a, you know, language barrier or a struggle that they're really the little bits that they're using him with like that are really um, helping to get him over with some of the fans that don't really get him. It's just going to be a case of, it's going to be a case of whether or not they can find that balance for Shinsuke here, because I think that they feel like the champion needs to be able to cut these promos and stuff. And Shinsuke's mastery of the English language that we've seen on screen thus far, not to say that he doesn't in his personal life, but that we've seen on screen thus far, his English language is limited, much the same way as Oscar's is on Raw. Right. Do you think that there is enough of a charismatic connection with the audience to justify putting the belt on Shinsuke should he win the Rumble? I think they will put it, put it on him. I mean, um, like I've said before, I never really watched, you know, NXT and I haven't really seen anything from of him from there or, you know, elsewhere. So I really don't know what his 
language skills are outside of this, but I'm assuming I've seen little bits of him on Instagram with various people. It seems like much in the way of uh, our dear friend, you know, Callisto, his language skills are a lot better than what they're made out to. So I'm hoping that if they do put the title on him, you know, they let that come through. Otherwise, give him a manager. All right. Continuing on here, we go back ringside here. And Aiden, <clears throat> Jesus, I don't know what is going on over here. It's this, all the weather changes and stuff that got me having all kinds of dry air issues over here. Give me one second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sprite drink back with you. Aiden English sings a lot better than I speak and announces that he and Rusev will be participants in the upcoming Royal Rumble, or excuse me, the Rusev Rumble that he will win on Rusev Day. It's as close to Aidenism getting, so I'm moving on. Fashion Police take on Rusev Day in a match that I actually thought was going to happen last week in order to get the Fashion Police away from the ass beatings that they were receiving at the hands of the Bludgeon Brothers. And we see them beat Rusev Day. What kind of injustice? Perhaps. Perhaps it was an injustice to our beloved Rusev, but it was a much-needed... What? No, but come on. It was a much-needed win for Fandango, who was walking very oddly for some reason. Um, and and Breezy there, because they're, they've been made to be, you know, mocked so much the past few months. I like seeing them get the win. There's a phrase that I've heard many times before, Liz, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. Are you familiar with the phrase striking while the iron is hot? Yes, of course. Well, then doesn't it seem kind of counterintuitive to do the opposite and wait till the iron cools down before trying to strike with it? Because that's exactly what they've done with the fashion police here. The fashion police, when they started debuting the fashion files, were super over with the crowd, but could not buy a win to save their lives. Now, Rusev Day is a thing that is super over with the crowds. And I will point out to you, is the top-selling shirt on WWEShopZone.com. No, I know that. And yet now they can't buy a win taking on the fashion police. It doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense at all. But what on this show really does, you know, ever... But, come on, you have to, you know, they snuck out a win, you know, whatever. They gave it to the fashion police. I mean, in all honesty, the fashion police is probably going to go bye-bye sooner or later, you know? The only way I'm okay with this is if this is... Is if this is the beginning of a longer story where Rusev and English attack the fashion police next week on SmackDown to get their revenge. Oh, I can totally see that happening. 
because I feel like there's potential in these teams having longer matches than just the four minutes or so we saw on tonight's episode of SmackDown. And I feel like if you give these four men the opportunity to have a 10 to 15 minute match at, let's say, a SmackDown, the SmackDown B show, I think their next show was Fastlane after Rumble. Mm-hmm. If you give them 10 to 15 minutes to have a match on Fastlane, you'll have one of the better matches of the night rather than having them in a throwaway five minute match here on SmackDown tonight. Hopefully they don't get some horrible um, match added to the pre-show. Oh, no. They're getting the pre-show because that's what the WWE does. The hot acts go in the pre-show. Well, no. I know they'd probably get a pre-show. I'm saying I hope they just don't get another – add another match to it. Oh, but you mean between these two teams for the Rumble? Yeah. I don't think they'll do that. I, I Like I said earlier, I feel like this would probably be better off saved for, like, fast lane. That's what I'm saying. I hope they don't like rush it and give them a, a pre-show match. Which which allows me to take this opportunity to let Sean know that if he is expecting a wrestling unwrapped reacts to Fastlane, he might be disappointed because I might be going to Fastlane. Oh, excuse you. Where is Fastlane? Uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, or not Pittsburgh, Columbus. Sorry. It's two different states. Columbus. Uh, Battlegrounds in Pittsburgh. Okay. I have two pay-per-views this year within three hours driving of me. Technically, Pittsburgh's about an hour away. Neither here nor there. So, main event time. You ready? Yes, sir. Handicap match. Styles, Shinsuke, Orton. Again, Randy, you need an S. Actually, what? Styles, Shinsuke, Snorton. Why not? Taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, match happens. Sami and Kevin walk out. Shane shows up and makes it no count out. Stop me if you've seen this cliche before. Care to guess what happens next, Liz? Shane. Shane comes Shane. out, starts the match, no count out. Okay, a little bit later on in the match... Kevin uses a chair. Shane comes out, restarts the match, no disqualifications. Yeah. Congratulations, Shane. You are turning into your father. Yeah, there's so so very little that is redeemable about Shane's character lately, but I guess that's what they want, so it's working. But, I mean, the match was for about... 10 seconds, you figured, well, maybe Sammy and Kevin will win this one. I forgot who won last week or how it ended, to be honest with you. But, yeah, it became pretty pretty predictable. Quickly. It's not that I have an issue with any of these five men. Okay, Orton's kind of hit and miss with me, but the other four are fantastic. Oh, yeah, totally. It's when the booking puts them in a situation here where these men are not able to deliver to the level of their capabilities. But this, and that, that goes back to what I've said numerous times. Mm-hmm. It's so many of these stupid handicap matches and fatal four ways and triple threats to get everybody that they feel needs to be on air, you know, on air. It was a, it, it was a point, in a lot of ways, it was a pointless match. I mean, all right, well, Orton hasn't wrestled in a couple of weeks. Let's let's put him back on. And okay, how many times are we going to see Orton versus Kevin or Orton versus Sammy? Okay, this one versus that one. So they put them all together. That's what they do. They throw them all together, 
and they see what happens. But it does. I mean, whatever you want to say about Orton, he's been wrestling for how many years now? He's been champion, you know, 13 times. He can still put on a pretty, you know, decent match when he when he wants to, you know. Um, I've enjoyed some of his stuff with, um, you know, Nakamura, and which I know I pronounced wrong, whatever. Um, but it's just them, again, throwing everybody together because... They're either dragging it all out and they're running out of options, or they just think that everybody has to be on air. We go off the air once again with Shane and Daniel Bryan bickering. Yeah, I'm over it. The problem is, is that you—they've always considered SmackDown to be the land of opportunity. Well, in the process of them becoming the land of opportunity, they're also becoming the land of authority because much the same way that Triple H and Stephanie used to dominate Raw, we find ourselves in the same situation where Shane and Daniel Bryan are now dominating SmackDown's airwaves. Unless you were in a match, unless you were in a match, there's only two people that appeared in more than one segment tonight. Care to guess who those two people were? Shane and Daniel. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like I said, I'm over it. It started out like, you know, really interesting. But like you said, now it dominates everything. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those fans that like despises Hunter and and Stephanie just with the love of despising them. I don't like their on-air characters, Stephanie more than, you know, Hunter. But, you know, whatever. Um, But like you said, now it's becoming the same thing. I have very little I don't get any enjoyment out of it. It just becomes extremely redundant. I'm just... Yeah. How many times can you try to tell the same story without repeating everything that you've already told before? Mm-hmm. And every week. Either get somewhere or stop trying. It's that simple. That's it's like they said... Said- it's like they've said, I've seen said by a bunch of different people as well, too. It's, it's a case of the payoff to this is going to have to justify the amount of TV time spent on it. And right now, I don't know that there is a payoff strong enough to justify the amount of TV time that they spent on this. Yeah, like, I've, you know, I, my biggest fear still is that Daniel's match, first match back, if he's ever allowed to wrestle, will be with Shane. And I think that would be absolutely horrible. That's way worse than him losing to Sheamus in, what, 10 seconds or not winning the Rumble or whatever the hell else the wrestling community was, you know, infuriated about regarding Daniel. That would just be a huge, huge disservice, in my opinion. I guess we'll have to stay tuned and see where they go from here. I mean, I know I'm going to keep watching, but hopefully the quality of the product picks up sooner rather than later, especially as we get onto the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, of course we're going to tune in. We have to come back here and talk about it. We don't technically have to. I mean, we couldn't. <laughs> we can say no, Liz. <laughs> you more than me. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, because if we say no, then Paul has to come back. That is exactly what would have to happen. <laughs> hey, Paul. Yes. Nada, nada, boo boo. 
All right, Liz, shall we get to our score and our one-word review? Okay, let's see. Um, Start with the score. I am thinking five and a half. Probably around where I would fall, five, five and a half, somewhere in that range. Nothing... Nothing standoutish about this episode at all. Nothing that'll uh, nothing that I'll remember come tomorrow. Yeah, no, me either. I mean, but then again, my memory sucks. Um, do you have a word? Okay. Uh, complacent. Generic. Same difference. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Which kind of tells you about the state of this episode of SmackDown. There is literally nothing that happens on this SmackDown that I won't forget about come this weekend. No, it doesn't matter because we'll see it all again next week. But there's that. But there's no, there's no huge match. There's no defining angle. There's no standout awesome in-ring segment or in-ring match content that we're going to still think about come, I don't know, a week, a month. Six months, nothing. This was a completely forgettable episode of SmackDown. Absolutely agree. So, for our producer and hopefully not full-time reviewer of this show again, Paul Leeser, <laughs> my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Live review for January 9th, 2018. Stay tuned, everybody. 205 Live is next. Previous podcast is a W2Mnet.com original podcast. For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports.